interrupt this program to bring you... Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Guys Live, the only movie and television podcast you should be listening to, available now on YouTube and podcast streaming services. Joining me today, the greatest minds of the Real Movie Guys universe, my name is Kevin, and we have Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. And we have John. Say hi. Hello. And last but not least, the wonderful Julie. Hi. All right, guys. So, you know, I always like to kick off the podcast. We are on episode six of Real Guys Live. I, again, I keep saying it. I didn't think we'd make it this far, but really, I didn't think we'd make it this far. Usually, like, five, you're kind of done. You know, it's like a sweet spot, but hey, six, we, we did it. We made it one more. Uh, you know what I always like to ask you guys? What are we watching this week? Adam, what have you been watching this week? I've watched, uh, I looked back out and I was like, wow, I've watched quite a few movies nice. over the past two weeks. Nice. So uh, in order of appearance right. uh, in front of my face <laughs> um, was The Eternals. I watched okay. that again because I, was, I did not remember anything from that movie. So I was like, right. you know what, let me. Watch it again. Right. Uh, I enjoyed it more the second time around. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's one I still have to revisit. I haven't had a chance to. I I feel like I was really like harsh the first time I watched it, and like I can agree with that. Yeah. And the more I thought about it, I actually ended up liking it more. Oddly enough, I I think the the thing that really makes that movie so much better than I had realized was just the dynamic that all the. uh, the characters have in the movie. Okay, so definitely that ensemble appearance. Yeah, was definitely it really was. Good. They're just a, you know, it was just a fun group to, you know, hang around with, and they were they were really good to just watch them. Just yeah, and and you them. know what? Not to get too sidetracked on it, but do you think the director had a lot to do with that? Because she's actually a really good director. Um, I believe she directed the that movie. I know it escapes me. It was it won Best Picture, didn't it, last year? Uh, yes, I do it's not remember which one. Yeah, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I know I know that's terrible. And you know, for a movie podcast, that's probably not too good not to know that. But I know again, she is a she's a skilled director. No, nomad, Nomad Land, Nomad Land. Okay, okay, Nomad's Land, Nomad's Land, right? That's what. Okay, so yeah, I mean, like I said, that she's an experienced director, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's. I mean, not to say that none of the other directors in the Marvel universe are of that caliber, but she's definitely like a higher caliber director. So I, I feel like that may have contributed. I don't know if you saw that too, as being. Something. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell that, like, it, whatever you know, vision she had, it's definitely there. It's just not, mm-hmm. you know, it might have. You know, she was out of her element, obviously, with a Marvel film. So, right. I mean, maybe that's the reason why it didn't do as well or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I know there's a lot of silliness with that movie, but I I like I I think it's better than I initially thought, like I said. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's another setup film. Yeah, of course. So, but it was good. I liked that one. Nice. So what else you got? Um, What else? (laughs) Then I watched Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. I don't know why, but okay. I like that one. That one was good too. Iron Man three gets a bad rap. I feel like, and Christmas I always, movie. you know, it's a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, Shane yeah, Black Christmas I movie. Completely classic. forgot about it, and and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, it is a Christmas movie. You know what it is? I give it credit more so now after seeing everything that Marvel's done because it tried to do something different. It mm-hmm. wasn't that over. I mean, the ending obviously is the over the top with the the true Mandarin reveal, which still isn't the Mandarin and right. whatever. But it tried to do something different beforehand, which I like the PTSD aspect of that movie. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. definitely delivered a really good performance in that movie. A little, little underrated, especially in a Marvel film. I feel like, yeah, 
I agree. I with like that. that they brought the uh, the kid back, the little kid. He was at Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah, um, it's a nice. I thought touch. that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yes. I always forget that. That's true. I always forget he did show up at the end, which is uh, that's mm-hmm. still pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else was it? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one. First one, okay, okay. And what was your thought? Now is this your first time watching the first one? No, that, that was my second time. Okay, how did it do? Did it do better or worse? That's such a good movie. <laughs> it is. I think so. John doesn't it's think so. so good. But... I thought it was so great. Look, he rolls his eyes over. So there. much this fun. It's so much fun. I yeah. think it's really good. John, why don't you like Sonic the Hedgehog? Why don't you like it? Please elaborate for everyone. This is one of our first movies we reviewed on the channel too. So, because it was boring. How is it boring? It's so. It was not a good movie. How is it not good? I'm no, just... you need to elaborate. We can't be generic on here. <laughs> elaborate for me. What's not good was... about it? The the whole plot and Sonic changing all the time. What do you mean changing all the time? Just... I don't know what you're talking about. Nonsense. The Sonic was nonsense. Sitting through Sonic. Nonsense. I mean, I think the people the stuff... The second one looks good. The second one looks okay. Yeah, we mean uh, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But um, I think the uh, the people stuff, of course, is always like the big complaint within the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Now, Adam, do you think that's that's a prominent complaint, or do you think they worked it well enough in the movie for you? No, I think it did well. Honestly, I yeah. do. I don't think. Gotta it was love too James Morrison. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, James Marsden. I always feels like it's like settled into like these weird roles because he's in a couple movies that are like sonic the hedgehog uh, adjacent yeah. where he's with like yeah. a, an animated character like that poor yeah. guy like what, what is that on your resume is that like a thing like oh please put me next to a cgi animated character because that scene i think when they're in the van was like one of the most talked about scenes or they're in the car talking to each other because hop has like an almost exact same scene mm-hmm. of them doing i'm like did they just like swap filters or something like that to make that because that's pretty yeah, right <laughs> i don't know i i like their yeah. dynamic together too they they have a very good interaction between him and uh sonic yeah i think their chemistry is good julie i know you really like the movie too you're i love sonic it was so much fun um we've watched it in school during lunch and the kids absolutely love it like the end when he like sonic's down and you think he's done for and then he gets up they were all like cheering it was adorable and we did watch Hop recently too, and they're like, "Oh my God, that's Donut Lord from Sonic!" <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing. But I love it. Um, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. I'm blanking on his real name. Is as the voice of Sonic is just amazing. Love him. No, I think so too. I think Sonic the Hedgehog is like one of the best. It's like the best you're gonna get. I don't know if that sounds bad, maybe, but like if I were to say like to make me a Sonic movie, like I think that's that's kind of like what I wanted. You know, I mean, I mean, again, I understand people with the argument like, oh, we don't need human characters. Like, why bother making it accessible for another crowd? Because the fans are the ones that want to see it. But I'm more on like it should be accessible. So maybe adding the human characters does make it slightly more engaging, uh, especially for a younger audience, because they have something more to connect to. Uh, Would a Sonic the Hedgehog just straight up animated movie been better? Eh, there's an argument for it. You know, I I think you could circumvent the human characters. But, you know, someone who's played, like, the video games since, like, God, since the Genesis' inception, uh, there's been human characters in the Sonic universe. It's not like it's a a weird thing. Uh, I mean, we try not to talk about a lot of those games. But, you know, it it happened, okay? Sonic the Hedgehog was a 2006 or whatever it is, that really Mm -hmm. bad one. Sonic 06. Sonic 06, we don't talk about, even though I just referenced it. So, um, you know, it's probably like a derogatory mark on my my life right now. Uh, Yeah, it just, it happened. And, you know, we we move on. But anything else, Adam? Sonic, is that kind of like the crowning achievement? 
Oh, well, I, I mean, the only other thing that I did was uh, I caught up on Spy Family. Okay, okay. How, what do you think of that? Now, I'm, I'm really excited to be watching that. It's an anime for those unaware. I've, oh, I've, yeah. been, I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, it's on Crunchyroll, right? Is that currently yes. streaming? Okay. Yeah. Thoughts on it? It's really popular. It's gained so much momentum over, especially with the anime adaptation coming out. Yeah, no, I think it's great so far, too. It's, it's very funny. Now, what is the dynamic there? If, if you could explain just like briefly so people have an idea of what it is. Uh, I guess to not get into too many spoilers. Yeah. They all, everybody, this, uh, this kind of family, if you will, they come together and they all have different backgrounds. And uh, it's a very unique story in terms of like a, uh, it's not exactly a slice of life, but there is a lot of... Uh, those types of tropes in there okay okay um it is very entertaining though in terms of uh, it's got it i mean the next episode's gonna have tons of action in it and right it's, right it's very it's got some comedy in it too so it's it's it hits a bunch of notes yeah it seemed really interesting i like how it takes like a lot of those spy cliches of like these people that shouldn't be a family or just kind of teamed up together uh, right i think that's a cool idea I, i'm excited to check that out that's definitely on my list of things to watch but uh yeah no definitely there's only three episodes out currently so okay it's easy to catch up on and remember country rule people funimation is no longer a thing uh, for those who are unaware the funimation streaming platforms like on its way out i think i think crunchyroll is taking over so if you're looking to subscribe to something probably crunchyroll seems to be the place to go uh but cool adam very nice i like your picks right there thank john you, thank you what have you been up to besides hating on sonic some more sorry that's all i do make the people mad <laughs> yeah it's better that way it's better like way. happy people but what'd you watch man I've been watching the John Wayne Gacy thing all on right, Netflix. All right, so we did recommend that on the last podcast. How is, is it, it so far? I watched two episodes. It's a, it's a very like weird and creepy one that they did, and like the story behind him is just so strange and stuff. But it's also one of those movies that or shows, I guess you would call it. It's very seems like very slow and the monotone voices almost kind of like if you watch this at like 10 o'clock at night it's gonna put you to sleep easily so that was one thing that was like all right it's kind of weird but yeah, it was, that's tough to do for sure it's these it's very it's very good that was good now would you say it's better than the ted bundy one or do you think the ted bundy one's more engaging or about, no, I like, about the same i like the ted bundy one better this one's more well and it's also kind of like comparing kind of very different things too but no i like the ted bundy one better okay so ted bundy one's more more your alley there okay very yeah. cool anything else you've been watching or um the ninja turtles movies the first one i watched oh one of my favorite comic book movies of all time of course of course <laughs> you know I, I so badly want to talk about that it's like one of those things i've been putting off for like years julie knows i constantly talk about it all the time i even watch it like way more than i probably should just because it's one of those things pops up on my netflix feed and i'm like oh you know i gotta watch this again i love that movie man that's that's simply like that's comic book movies like at its prime you know before it was even a thing even independent movies which is even interesting because it is an independent movie it's not even a big budget studio movie which a lot of people think it is but i i love that movie very nice though john i see you got some cool stuff this week julie what have we been watching? <laughs> we've been watching a lot of stuff too. Um, we've been on like a true crime kind of spell as well. Um, we started watching, I just want to make sure I get the names right. Um, the girl from Plainville, which is all right. It's about um, 
this girl Michelle Carter and the death of um, Conrad Roy the Third, um, where essentially she kind of convinced him to kill himself um, over text message and you know them trying to develop a court case against her. Um, and there's a lot of factors into it, you know, whether he would or would have without her. I mean, I definitely think he would have had a fighting chance if she wasn't in his life. Um, the show's kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of, uh, it's a heavy subject matter to talk about. Um, and at times it's like, are you trying to make us feel bad for her? Cause I don't feel bad for her. Um, so we've been watching that. And then we watched, um, well, two things that go hand in hand. Um, there was the inventor on HBO max. Um, and then the dropout, which is about, Oh my gosh, the company Theranos. Um, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. This woman dropped out of Stanford and she wanted to be like the next big person in Silicon Valley developing like this little at home blood testing kit where all it needs is a drop of blood and, you know, can run all these tests and it will save you so much money and it'll prevent, you know, people from suffering from long-term illnesses. But of course it doesn't work um, and gets a ton of money from people. When she shouldn't, so yeah, so, you know, that's been pretty interesting. We've been watching, uh, it's like I guess the dramatized version with Amanda Seyfried, the dropout, which is really entertaining because Elizabeth Holmes talks in a really deep voice, and we were wondering if Amanda Seyfried would be able to capture it, and she does perfectly. Um, so the show's interesting, it's bringing up parts that the documentary didn't necessarily go into. So, curious to see, you know, how the rest of it plays out. No, I think so. I think that's a really it's one of those best things where you have like the greatest, you know, idea for a project and it doesn't quite go the way you want it to. I think that's like an interesting thing to, to talk about. Uh, the documentary and the show are I feel like they are required viewing like one or the other. I think watching the documentary first is a good idea than watching the show just because you have some background. Uh, they are drastically different. So I'm, I am curious to see like what adaptation would be the quote unquote truer uh yeah. interpretation because i think there is some like distinct differences between the two well i do like the show like the dropout it's bringing up like you know the documentary just focus on the the machine the edison machine and it, it's like this robot and it just drops the blood all over the place and they really focus a lot on that machine the inner workings of it where the dropout is kind of going into like the original machine which was something completely different and then how she ended up you know moving on to the Edison and, you know, stabbing people in the back to get new, you know, scientists and engineers on her team. No, I think so. I think it's a good show. I definitely recommend it. Now that's currently streaming. The documentary is on Netflix and the show. No, no, the no. documentary is HBO Max and then um, the TV show, The Dropouts on Hulu. Gotcha. Okay, so very cool. Uh, we did watch that. That was definitely a thing. There was actually a lot of stuff we watched this week. We were very busy. Uh, we did also watch, we got caught up on the Academy movies, finally. Um, I watched uh, Belfast, which I absolutely fell in love with, with Kenneth Branagh, once again, you know, doing his thing. Uh, if you're really into, like, Irish culture and seeing, like, what was going on during that time, during a lot of the unrest between the Christians and the Protestants, and just looking at Kenneth Branagh's life, because that is, like, a slice of his, like, backstory, which I think is really interesting, what got him interested into filmmaking, how it was, like, an escapism from, like, the reality that he was in. Uh, Belfast, in my opinion, hot take right now, I think that should have won Best Picture. I really think, I mean, even more so than Dune, and everyone knows how much I won't shut up about Dune, but I think Belfast really was like, if, if a movie spoke to me, I think Belfast really did in a lot of ways. Uh, that was really good, and we also were able to check out Coda. 
Uh, Coda is an excellent movie. I understand why it did win Best Picture. Uh, I think the idea of having someone who can hear living with a deaf family is really interesting. I think that concept is something that we don't really talk about because it's not that common. And just to see it from another perspective, imagine like growing up in a house where you're the only one that can hear and everyone else in your family is deaf. Just imagine that situation. I think that's, that's kind of, you know, there's things you don't think about. Like there's one scene in that movie where everyone's like just doing normal day tasks. Like the father is like fixing something. The mother's like making dinner and how maybe we would be more subdued to try and be quiet. Cause the daughter's trying to study They're They're not, they're just making, but they don't know they're doing it. You know what I mean? Just like imagine that, that, that sound difference. And the movie really captures that excellently. Uh, even just the family concept, the performances are killer in that movie. Uh, do I think it was best picture material? Yes. Should it have won? No, I don't think. I think the story was maybe a little more generic than I would have liked. I know it's a hot take, so sue me, whatever. Uh, just my opinion. You know, like assholes, we're all entitled to one. Uh, <laughs> uh, last thing we also did watch, I did watch King Richard, uh, Will Smith was really good in king richard regardless of the the slap controversy john i don't i still don't think it's fake man i tried like thinking about it since the last podcast i don't think it's fake i think it happened i know you don't i know we'll, we'll disagree about it for a while yes we will but uh you know it's an interesting take king richard i i do agree with like that one amy schumer joke which i know i should never say because i hate amy schumer but you know the joke like oh they made serena williams and her sister they made a movie about them, but it's about their dad. You know, that that's kind of that's kind of awkward. You know, I mean, these strong, powerful women and we made a movie about their father. You know, I, th- I think Will Smith did a great job. Though. Did he over characterize the father a bit? I think there's discussion to be had there. I think he maybe like tried to make like a character out of it more so than capture the person. If that makes any sense, where he tried to add these like little like over the top things to like show. Oh, look how great my performance is. Look how great I am. Did that take away from the character in some ways? You know, I, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to, you know, tennis and stuff during that time or even now because, you know, I have no interest in tennis. But if I did, I could probably tell you something a little more accurate. I mean, I will say at the end of the movie, you know, they play little snippets of like his interviews or I'm like, uh, he was pretty spot on because I, I was watching like, no, there's no way their dad was really like this. I'm like, ah, I think he kind of was. It's tough because you always choose like the best snippets, right? They always choose the ones where it's like, oh, he's acting just like this way. You know, I don't, I don't know. But the, the last thing I did watch this week and I went to the theaters for it was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Did finally get to go see Sonic 2. Phenomenal. John, I know you're going to still be not like it. Um, Adam, I think you're going to really enjoy it. I think there's a lot. That's, there for that's you. really good to hear. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It really is good. If anything, it took everything I liked about the first one and added even more. And I think fans are going to walk away really happy with this movie. Uh, there's only one complaint I have, and it's not spoilerish, but there's definitely a scene like in the middle of the movie for a period of time where it focuses on the human characters, and it's really boring and adds like nothing to the plot. Like you feel like you could chop it out, and it would have made absolutely no difference to the entire story, which is weird because the whole movie as a whole knew like Sonic and Tails was what we wanted, especially having Tails finally in the movie. You know, Sonic has someone to bounce off, you know, character interaction with. So it's interesting to see them really focus on that. And then for whatever reason, feel so compelled to add this human element to the movie, which I don't think the movie really needed, which I again brings me to the thought, well, maybe Sonic would work as an animated film. 
uh, without these human characters involved? Because I don't think they added anything. Julie, do you think they really did in any content, especially this movie more so than the first? No, I mean, I got a couple chuckles, but like the one section you're talking about could definitely just be chopped down and would have no impact on the movie whatsoever. I mean, you have to have Jim Carrey as uh, Dr. Robotnik. He was great. Um, and I love his like little assistant guy that was like longing for him, you know, while he was away on the mushroom planet or whatever. But I thought it was really funny. I was like straight up cackling during some parts in this movie. Um, I finally got his name right. Ben Swartz um, as Sonic is just great. Again, um, it was a really fun time. I mean, yeah, could I do without some of the people? Uh Definitely. You know, there was a couple moments where I'm like, oh, James Morrison's wife in the movie. I think maybe she's like learned how to act since the last movie. And then I'm like, ah, no, she didn't. (laughs) Well, there's a scene where they make fun of. I think it's really funny. Um, I can't think of his name right now. James Marsden, I'm sorry. See, I'm blanking on names. There's a scene where James Marsden, they try to act like James Marsden isn't in like in good shape or isn't like fit. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he, like, flexes. And you see, like, muscles, like, bulging out of his arm. And I'm like, dude, how are you not in good shape? You're like, you got, like, a, an eight-pack. And you're, like, freaking, like, these giant biceps. And they're trying to play like he's, like, a, a nerdy, wimpy kind of guy. I'm like, well, what was that? Who was that joke for? Oh, that was really strange. <laughs> I don't know. Again, it's just, like, the human characters, I understand why they're there. But it feels like bloat at this point. Except for Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey's, like, honorary cartoon character status. Because he can do things with his body and with his face that no normal man or human should be able to do whatsoever. Uh, He really brought it, this movie. And if this is his last movie, I think that's absolutely crazy. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Uh, Because we did get an announcement from Jim Carrey going into a little bit of the news where he's announcing, you know, his quote-unquote retirement. Uh, Does anyone think that's going to stick? Do you think he's really going to let Sonic the Hedgehog 2 be his last movie? He'll come back for Sonic 3. That's it. That's what I was going to say. That's what it's going to be. That's like his biggest movie opening in uh, ever or something like that, right? Yeah, it's crazy. uh, I mean, if I were him, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up for another. Yeah. Let's go around real quick. Does anyone have like, what's their favorite Jim Carrey movie? Like if say the legacy was able to end, like what is your favorite film? How about John? What do you got? What's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? And don't you dare say Batman forever. (laughs) I was going to say liar, liar. Liar Liar is amazing. I was, I was thinking that. Oh that my movies, gosh. One of those movies that, that are like a classic. The other day. Yeah, oh, yeah that, that's one of like the big Jim Carrey movies that always comes to mind, uh, especially, you know, again, his performance in that. Just Only he could do that. There's some, a good Jim Carrey role is like one that only he can do, I feel like. Uh, Julie, I know you love Jim Carrey as well. Is, do you have a favorite? I do. Liar Liar's up there. That was like, I watched that all the time as a kid. I still watch it now. Extremely quotable. Like the royal blue quote. Like amazing. Um, if I had to pick a different movie, I might go Ace Ventura. I love Ace Ventura. Yeah, another quoted one. Yeah. Alrighty then. I love Ace Ventura. Um, classic um i quote i quote jim carrey like every day i think in my life yeah someone that lives with you yeah this is the thing (laughs) like i do i can't remember which one it's from is it bruce almighty where he goes b-e-a beautiful i do that all the time Alrighty then like he's just so iconic so amazing so yeah it's it's a toss-up between liar liar and ace ventura those are good choices i definitely agree with you how about you adam Favorite Ace Ventura movie. I mean, it's got to be... Favorite uh, Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> it's got to be Bruce Almighty. 
I Bruce love Almighty. that movie. Another good one too. I love that movie. I know. Not Evan Almighty. No. Good no, Steve Carell. <laughs> Come on, Steve Carell. I mean, to pull a... <laughs> I'll still watch it. It's not as good as Bruce Almighty, but I'll still watch it. No, no, I I agree with you. I think Bruce Almighty is another good classic. Uh, for me, it's another always. Good. Julie probably knows what mine's going to be. For me, it'll always be, forever be, The Mask. Oh, I was going to say that one, too. The Mask is just a movie. You know, I grew up with that movie. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not even just nostalgia, but the fact is, I always liked it. And I just, uh, something about that performance, like, that is always, like, again, like, Ace Ventura is quintessential. The Mask is always quintessential. Like, the the Mask never would have worked if it wasn't for Jim Carrey's performance, even especially working with that latex prosthetic over his face, he brought that character to life. Like he brought that living cartoon character when a time when CGI wasn't really a thing. Like there is some CGI in that movie, which, you know, didn't age well. Let's be honest here. It doesn't look that great, but the movie itself, like his performance is what I remember more than anything else in that film. He's just so amazing. Like we need to do a Jim Carrey appreciation month. Cause like, like you said, like growing up with the mask, like I grew up with Jim Carrey, like liar, liar, the mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, which is crazy. That I think it was what Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura and the mask all came out in the same calendar year. Yeah. Is, I mean, like, he had the biggest wow, career. It was really? The same year. He, he had did. like no money. He was like getting ready to quit acting. And then they, I forget which one came out first, but it like skyrocketed him to stardom obviously but yeah they all came out in the same year which is just insane to me like hit after hit after hit but incredible just an incredible actor no i think so jim carrey really just captured something that i feel like a lot of actors wish they could do you know don't forget about the grinch oh the grinch you know of course (laughs) i love the grinch yeah me too i don't but that's just so good i know so many hate on jim carrey's grinch amazing i that's that is that is another you know such an important christmas movie that you have to watch yeah. every year i don't Definitely. hate on the grinch i just yes, I you never do. got into it I, don't, I, I can't do. get into it i don't know what it is i think it's a little it's too, a fight. Every too year, out there for me watch the grinch he's like no you know it's not that good every year it's amazing i'd rather watch the animated grinch and not the talk not the new the pros- grinch but the like you know talk about original. the prosthetics with the mask apparently they had to have like cia people come and like teach him like torture resistant tactics to get the Grinch makeup on because it was that grueling. I don't know. I miss you. I can't find you. Christmas is like torture to me for that movie. So I don't know. What does it have anything to do with him? I can't do it. Sorry guys. I'm not even going to sing it anymore because I'm probably hurting your eardrums as it is, but Jim Carrey, you know, if, if he ends his career today, we could say he had an amazing legacy. I don't think it's over. I think he's full of crap because you know, he's an actor and that's what they do. Moving on, uh, the box office was actually really interesting this weekend. Uh, there's a couple things I just want to discuss and get like everyone's opinions on and you know see where we're at. The big thing I, I noticed here is um, Secrets of Dumbledore didn't do so hot, apparently. Uh, Adam, you're rolling your eyes a little bit there. Were you, were you surprised by that, that the movie didn't? Because the reception's been... Now, none of us have seen it at this point, but um, mm. from what I gather, it's not that great. <laughs> putting it lightly i, I really I, I want to go see it yeah there's just <laughs> do i really want to spend my money to go see a bad movie right now i don't really know right and that's where i think that becomes the issue it's not even like so bad it's good it's just not right good, it's just I a think. bad bad movie <laughs> and we're seeing issues with that right away because warner brothers actually said that they have which i i don't know you and julie would be better suited for this 
I was under the impression that there was multiple scripts, like there was at least five movies potentially planned for Fantastic Beasts. But apparently they don't have any scripts for anything beyond three. Is that is that what I'm reading correctly as far as like the news articles that have been coming out? I had initially thought that there was only supposed to be three. I don't and but then I started thinking about it, I was like, maybe it was five. It, I that, think they said five. I don't know if it was after the first one or the second one, but they're like, oh, this is a five movie series. And then I started thinking like how I remember myself thinking like, how can they stretch it out to five films? That seems ridiculous. So I, I don't, especially I don't know. with the fantastic beast mocking. Like, I don't understand how you're going to take like, especially with lesser and lesser as you're going, there's no fantastic beast really involved in the movie. Uh, I, I find that really interesting, but I, I guess the audiences have spoken with their wallets because no one really showed up for fantastic beasts, which I think is really interesting. It's debut. I know they're considering it a flop for a Harry Potter film. Uh, I know it made like, I think it was number one in the box office. I don't have the exact numbers, but for what it brought in was nowhere near what the expectation was for this movie. So again, do you think, because there's a lot going on with fantastic beasts, obviously you have like the Johnny Depp drama with the court case going on. Um, well, what do you, what do you guys think is the ultimate cause of this? Do you think it's just people because of what's going on with the Johnny Depp stuff? Or do you think it's just because people are sick of the movie? What do you think ultimately is the cause behind this big failure? And the Ezra Miller stuff coming out too. It's just been nonstop publicity, like berate, you know, hitting this movie, I feel like. I think it's a lot of stuff going on. Like the main thing being like, hey, you don't have Fantastic Beasts anymore. Like, I just don't think they have a good roadmap for where they want this story to go. And my biggest issues with the second movie um, were them trying to like cram in like, Oh, remember this from Harry Potter? Remember this from Harry Potter? Instead of focusing on the story at hand, which whatever that may be at this point, you know, the struggle with Grindelwald. And then of course, like losing Johnny Depp, that was a huge blow. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the Ezra Miller stuff's impacting the movie negatively, other than the fact that he's not that great of an actor in them. <laughs> um, I don't know if his drama is like negatively impacting it, but um, I think Johnny losing Johnny Depp was a huge blow for sure. And you know, Mads Mikkelsen, I heard he's amazing in this, um, but it's tough to lose like a key figure in the middle of your franchise, and especially if this is supposed to be five movies, we're only on three, and they don't know if they're going to do more. Like that makes me nervous as to like they don't have a plan, they don't know where they're going with this. How about you, Adam? Where are you with this? Because I know, do you think there's going to be more or do you think this is the end of Fantastic Beasts? I think that there's going to be more. I, I think that regardless of whatever happens in the box office, it's still Harry Potter. There's still going to be like, there's, you know, people are still going to come out to see the movie at some point. So I, I just, as much as I don't want it to continue, especially down the path, who knows? Maybe the fourth movie will bring back all the Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> I don't know. At least that's that's my my I would like to think that direction. Right. Exactly. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, John. What do you think, Fantastic Beast wise? Do you think this is the end of Harry Potter as we know it? You think we're gonna? You think I, I think before I get into, I think they're gonna just. I think they're going to do something different. I could see that really just happening. Like maybe just going in another direction. You think they're going to drop this franchise, move on to a new story? I would hope so. I would hope they kill off Harry Potter a long time ago. (laughs) Well, we can't kill off Harry. It's interesting. I I think 
Now, I don't know how you guys feel. I see the Cursed Child happening sooner than later. I think Warner Brothers is really going to push for that that series, especially because a lot of people have that association with it being on Broadway, being the sequel to Harry Potter. If they don't continue with Fantastic Beasts with that series, I think Cursed Child is really where they're going to go. And no matter what it takes, I know Daniel Radcliffe's not really into it as far as at least at this point in his career playing that role. But I see them pursuing that a lot sooner than later with, with the failure of the quote unquote failure really of this film. Yeah. I can see them. What if, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, well we have, you know, supposed to have two more Harry Potter films lined up. Let's just get rid of the fantastic beasts and just make them, you know, cursed child films or something. That's what that I would work say. out because it's in two parts anyways. Right. So, I mean, as long as they can get, I know the big thing is like, oh, it could work with the original three. They're of the right age. I mean, I think they could be a little bit older, but um, they're of the right age to play these characters now. But I know Daniel Radcliffe came out saying he had no interest, but mm-hmm. money talks. Yeah. You know, I mean, money if, really if the other talks, two yeah. sign on. If the other two sign on, he won't be far behind. You know, it's. I mean, yeah. he did the reunion after all, which I didn't even know if he would do that to some extent. Which you know, that wasn't that great. A lot of people seemed like disappointed I liked with that. It. I thought it was okay. I mean, it was. I guess it was what it was. It was really for the fans. Maybe that's why it didn't, you know, so much sit with me. Uh, but I, we'll, we'll see what happens with Harry Potter. I'm interested to see the universe continue. But again, that box office failure shocked me. And then we saw something else which I thought was interesting. So two other movies that came out were The Northman which is doing incredibly well considering what it is. I think it had like a really high uh, cinema score of like a B plus, which is fantastic for that film. And then also everywhere all at once is getting a lot of buzz, which is kind of like this multiverse movie uh, about this woman where she has like finds herself in other realities. Uh, These are like two smaller films. And I saw an interesting argument on Twitter. And this is what I kind of want to stem this from is do you think like, that Marvel movies, like comic book movies, do you think they're hurting the release of these other, like, quote-unquote, better films in the box office? Do you think, like, when Batman comes out, like, a lot of people will say, like, the Batman isn't, like, true cinema, isn't true, like, movie-going experience. Do you think it hurts these more artsy films? Do you think they find it harder to find an audience because these other movies dominate the box office? John, what do you think? Do you think that's like something that that movie should be worried about? Like if you're releasing a movie and you're an independent artist or you're a smaller director, do you worry about like the Batman's or the Marvel films that are coming out? I mean, I don't think you should worry about that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, it's really all about your movie. It's not really about what these bigger movies are doing because you can see that some of these bigger franchises that come out have total flops and it shows off at the box office some of these other movies that just come out with, say, a one film kind of thing, people notice it more. And at the end of the day, I feel like maybe some of these bigger things are going to make more money, per se. Mm-hmm. But their movies aren't going to be as good in the long run. These other yeah, are going to take more time and effort into putting out these movies than just, like, say what they put into, like, a, the last Marvel movie of the year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes these films like harder to be discovered, though? Which I think is like one of the arguments I see a lot of people because of these such large blockbuster films. Does it make it harder for me to like everywhere all at once? I, I know there were a lot of trailers on YouTube for it popping up, so that's really the main way that I saw it. But otherwise, I probably wouldn't have any idea about the movie. Yeah, and I think that could go both ways though too because there's so many now streaming platforms now too. Mm-hmm. So there's so many other ways to get 
older movies that we haven't seen and newer movies, they all kind of get combined together. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, anyway, you know that the bigger names are always going to take top priority. Right. So there's no way to get around that. But, like, if you give me a decent trailer sometimes, that can draw people in. So it's like a give or take kind of thing. Which is interesting because I think the Northman, you know, again, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode where we were talking about the trailers that were coming out. The Northman, the movie is apparently nothing like the trailer, which I kind of said in the real, like, I have an idea, like, this isn't going to be what it was. And it's really not whatsoever. So they kind of had to use some, like, clever marketing tactics to get you in. Uh, what do you think, Adam? What do you think of that whole, like, do you think there's, like, an argument to be there? Like, a comic book film is, like, too much domineering over the other films that come out? or? Yeah, I mean, it seems like, uh, especially with the comic book films, it's like, especially nowadays, to avoid spoilers, you got to get there as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but with these other films, if anything, I, I think it's uh, word of mouth will help them a lot. Because, I mean, they go, they find their audience usually. So, if anything, it's like, um, you know, as opposed to you know, Marvel focuses on like that opening weekend there, but the whole film, but you know, other films, they may focus on, you know, the entire time that they're in theaters because they might find traction as they go along. Yeah. It's a good thing. I mean, especially on social media, like I see these movies kind of spreading and it's, it's, it's nice to see, you know? Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's good to see that the, uh, other, you know, these other films find their audience, I guess that way. No. Right. What do you think going on? Adam's thought there. Yeah, I mean, I agree, um, I, especially with everything everywhere all at once seems to it's not even a cult following people are just really coming out, you know, the people that have seen it and like raving about it. Um, and people like who I wouldn't necessarily you know, I'm thinking about like my the influencers on TikTok and everything and uh, Instagram, but like people who I wouldn't be like, oh, they probably wouldn't care about that movie or saying like, this is like the best movie I've seen in a really long time. Um, so I'm really curious to see that one in particular. Um, it's tough. I mean, John even mentioned it before, like the big movie is always going to come out on top, whether it's a superhero movie, any kind of franchise movie. Um, but I know you and I joke a lot. I forget what was coming out around the same time as um, No Way Home. Um, but we joke, we're like, oh yeah, that movie's nobody's going to go see that movie because everyone's going to go be seeing, you know, going to see Spider-Man. Um, but I think, you know, whatever the movie may be, they will find their audience. Eventually you see that in box office flops all the time. And then they gain like a cult status um, when they, you know, go out to streaming or however people may end up, you know, viewing it. Um, It's just, you know, the superhero movies are the trend of our generation. You know, every era kind of has, there's the cowboy movies, then who knows what else, but we're in the superhero movie era. No, I agree with you. It's just, I wonder sometimes, you know, what we're, what's going to happen, you know, to the cinema, whether, you know, the streaming's going to take over, which we'll be talking about a streaming service later on in this video. But, uh, you know, I, it's curious to see what'll happen. You know, I, I know there is an argument where they say that these movies are overtaking true art. Um, uh, Scorsese always has always been a proponent of saying like, oh, comic book movies are destroying cinema. I don't think that's the case. You know, there's, there's movies for different people. Uh, Blockbusters, I think are genuinely more enjoyed in a theatrical experience anyway. So something like the Northman or everywhere all at once might be something I might not want to go to the theater necessarily to see, not because I don't want to spend the money, but I'd rather watch that in my own, 
personal setting where I can enjoy it more versus a movie I'm just watching for the big bangs and booms and stuff like that, more of the action set pieces. Theater experiences are different for everyone, so it only makes sense that, you know, we have things available and people, like I said, I think Fantastic Beasts is just a good example. Vote with your wallet. If you want to see the movie, just go see it and support it if you think it's something you might be interested in. You know, me and Julie have been trying to go every Tuesday just to see something, and there's been a lot of interesting movies out there you know and you go on half price amc days gotta recommend it guys it's worth it you know that half price makes it more worth it to me i think a lot of the a lot of it has to do with pricing in the theater too it's just extremely outrageous i'm sorry right. uh, well even speaking just, of like, the everything Harry else you know? yeah well we were gonna go on tuesday and then we did it we're like oh should we go like you know this weekend we're like, yeah, we don't want to pay full price to see that movie yeah i i i I find myself not wanting to pay full price at all for that. And, you know, especially when I hear the reviews and, you know, you shouldn't always go by reviews. I know that's probably weird to say coming from someone who reviews movies, but look at, look at to yourself. If you want to see it, go check it out. That's all I can tell you. Don't listen to anyone's review. A review is just something you just, you know, maybe as a guideline and something you're curious about, you know, that's something more, but enough about Harry Potter and fantastic beasts and box office numbers. Let's talk about Minecraft. Adam, there was an interesting announcement for Minecraft this week. <laughs> you seemed really excited about it. I'm, I'm curious about your take. As someone who doesn't play Minecraft, and I probably should, what did you think uh, of the announcement? Tell the people what's going on. Um, It was a very surprising announcement that I was not expecting whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I had heard, you know, everybody had heard the rumors of Minecraft movie happening. Right. Um, But uh, the casting of Jason Momoa in the film... How, How on earth is he going to be in the film? I do not know. He's playing um, Steve, right? Is that what it, it seems to be alluding to? Or they don't I know guess the main, so. quote unquote, main character in Minecraft, I guess? I, is it supposed to be an animated film? Right? Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I would imagine. <laughs> I, right? I'm I don't, hoping. I, I don't know. It's, it's just very odd. It's uh, unexpected. <laughs> and it's also, the interesting thing, it's directed by Jared Hess. So if anyone knows who that is, he's the director of napoleon dynamite i don't know what to expect which is that. a great movie i, I mean, love that movie jason momoa and napoleon dynamite in a minecraft movie sign me up wow <laughs> that's amazing i don't know i don't know it's it, that's that's a really weird situation that's all i have to say uh if anything i mean minecraft could be interesting it'll make a lot of money right i guess that that's what you have to look at the word the name minecraft just makes money so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, also, we had another video game, uh, It Takes Two, which me and Julia have been trying to play on and off for since it came out. So, what is that, a year now at this point? Over a year. Uh, we're, we're almost done. I think we're, we're almost, almost there. I think we're almost there. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's joining that project. Uh, not too sure why. I guess he just had some extra money lying around. Maybe he's going to do another WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, right, Johnny? Right, right, yeah. Roman Reigns, uh, the tribal chief. <laughs> That's right. We're looking gotta, forward to that. Gotta put out a money. Gotta put out a movie so you yeah. can get on WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean XFL is not doing him any favors right now. So you know you gotta you gotta spend your money wisely while you can. But it takes two is getting an adaptation by Amazon of all studios. So we should see some kind of adaptation of that video game, which I think that's really good. I know the uh, the game. I do actually recommend it, especially if you do have a partner or someone to play with. You, you have to in this instance, but. It definitely has a good story. Um, I kept thinking, like, our whole playthrough, or, again, we're almost done with it. it. It feels like an animated movie. Like, I feel like I could be watching, like, it has, like, that Pixar quality to it. So I am interested to see where they go with that. I, I think that could be an interesting film. 
uh, I don't know. Anyone else have any like other video game? Anything they're looking forward to? Maybe another video game adaptation? Something coming? I know Adam Bioshock is rumored again, right? Wasn't that there were some like, some rumblings about the Bioshock? Uh, yeah, that was for Netflix, right? I think yeah. they were doing something like that. That was uh, maybe was it a month ago or so? Yeah, two months ago now. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that, which that could be interesting. Also, um. You know, we have to talk about it. Not right now. It's something we all got to put a pin in it. But I think Halo's going to have to be looked at at some point. I agree. Uh, I heard Master Chief's butt makes an appearance. So I have heard that. Yeah. you know, I have seen it, actually. What... Oh, you saw his butt. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was, good. it was good. Was it as good as advertised or, you know, better than his yeah, face? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, if he left the helmet on and only showed his butt, I think I would have been fine with that. Is that weird? I mean, yeah, I, I would have enjoyed okay that. that. That would have been comical to see. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that, but we do need to discuss that in the near future. Once it's all yeah. said and done, I think we're going to have to tackle Halo. But let's go into a little bit of sad news, which I don't like to go into sad news. Uh, Blue Sky Studios has finally closed their doors. Uh, the animated team put a little video together of Scrat from Ice Age. Uh, he's always pursuing the acorn. That's always been like the big thing for in the Ice Age movies, like this little... Uh, I guess a, like a prehistoric squirrel trying to get this acorn. They finally let him get the acorn and you know, it's finally over. Uh, now, what do you guys think about this studio closing? Is it something we're going to miss? Is it something no one really cares about? Uh, John, what do you, what are you thinking on blue skies finally closing their doors? You think it's a shame that they're closing? I mean, I think it's a shame that when some of these studios close, because there's not as many then, creative outlets out there for people to go to and different like because with little with studios like that they bring a different creativity to things they bring out a new light and things it's not just the same studios getting the same money and just like these billionaires just putting their money behind one company it's more like spread out and better i think that's better for movies in general and just other people who want to get a start in some of these studios because this is where a lot of people find their start. Yeah, I can agree with that. And it's interesting, too. I tried to go through, like, Blue Skies films just to see, you know, what they created. They made 13 movies, which, you know, pretty uh, nice number, you know, for an animation studio to put out. Even more interesting, I think, is that at least five of them were Ice Age movies. So, say for what you will. Uh, Adam, how do you feel about this? Are you going to miss Blue Sky? Do you, do you have a favorite Blue Sky movie? I mean, it would probably have to be the first Ice Age. That movie is a classic. Um, I, it's it's upsetting because you know all those people's jobs are going to get affected. Right. Because I think I saw that it like it affects 450 people or something like something that. Something like that, and it's like just Disney kind of saying we're done with you and kind of just absorbing, I guess, what they wanted out of it. I'm I mean, assuming. if anything, I hope that you know some of those people were brought on to other you know roles within Disney, perhaps. That would be um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that's. Nice. That's my uh, way I would like to think that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting, too, because the last movie they made was Spies in Disguise, which was once that whole merger happened when Sony took over. I'm sorry, when Disney took over that division, uh, they released Spies in Disguise. Technically, it is like a Disney movie, quote unquote, because it was released under their banner. Uh, I didn't I didn't see that movie. I heard it was OK, you know, but Blue Sky, I think they had like, you know, you can't deny Ferdinand. The, the Bull movie with John Cena, that was nominated for Best Animated Film. That was really Throwing cute, actually. There. That was a cute movie. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know you watched that. That's actually the first time I heard you even watch that. What, did you watch that at school? I, yeah, over the summer. 
Okay, yeah, I didn't see that one. Uh, also, um, it was cute. It had a nice story. Yeah, they all do, but. In my opinion, you know, I know the Ice Age movies are whatever. I think some people really like them. Some people, you know, they, they've gone for so long and there's spinoffs and there's a lot of interesting things. Like Adam said, I, the first one's a classic. Yeah, the I mean, my, I remember seeing that. my favorite movie out of everything I think they've done was always the Peanuts movie. I really thought that was like if you're looking for someone to really adapt the Peanuts you know, especially get that Charlie Brown aesthetic between the animation, uh, the voice acting, like they really captured what it meant to have that film. You know, it's a shame we never got a follow up to that movie because I thought it was really good. Peanuts is definitely one of the more underrated animated films to come out that year. Um, but Julie, what do you think? And like closing thoughts with this, you know, you're going to miss blue sky. Uh, no more, no more ice age spinoffs, I guess, or maybe Disney's going to uh, take over that. I, I don't know what the situation is. I think they already is. started. Yeah. They have a series coming out on Disney. Yeah. Plus. Oof. They, they, and they released like a newish movie or whatever about like the two little, I don't even know what they are, possums. Um, the body's not even cold yet or not even warm yet, cold yet, yeah. whatever. Oof. Ice Age brings in the money. Um, not that I'm, and, you know, like Johnny mentioned, like you're losing another creative look on life. You know, now Disney, as great as they are, you know, sometimes their animation can be cut and paste. They've gotten better the last couple movies, but I feel like you know, there was a while where I'm like, this character just looks like Elsa with a darker spin- skin tone and lighter hair or this and that. Like, their character models were the same. Um, so, like, losing a different creative outlook in the industry is upsetting. And like Adam said, too, you know, people losing their jobs. Um, but, you know, that first Ice Age movie, that was really, that's still a great movie. Um, so, you know, hopefully they kind of continue that spirit and keep that alive in some way. Yeah, I'd like to see them continue with those franchises. Even, even again, the Peanuts, I, I'd like to see maybe another revisit to that in the future. Uh, that That's probably one of the more complicated ones as far as rights, though. I can't imagine Disney acquired the rights to the Peanuts catalog, because I think that was actually Apple, believe it or not, I believe, acquired the rights, because they had all the animated original films. So, And I think they have a series, too. I could be wrong. Let me know in the comments below. I'm sure you will anyway. Uh, I think that's you know an interesting thing to see. But Going forward, uh, another thing that happened was uh, Sony. Uh, now, I don't know about this is something I didn't notice either. So I don't know if I'm like just totally out of the loop nowadays. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, there was a bunch of delays over at Sony this week. Uh, Spider-Verse, Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, all these spinoffs we probably don't want to happen, but are going to happen anyway from the Sony studio. We're just recently announced delayed. But I've, the most interesting thing that came out of this to me was that now the next Spider-Verse movie is in two parts. Did anybody else know that? Or, I saw that recently. I didn't know that was the plan. Was that always a thing? Because yes, I don't remember was. that being a yes. thing. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? Are we are we okay with that? Or you know, because it, it seems like it's being, I guess, done. T- I'm assuming it's being done together. You know what I mean? Like they're doing it back to back. Does it really need to be two parts? You know what I mean? Like I, I think it, now it's like supposed to. So the first part comes out in 2023, and then the next part comes out in 24, right? I think. Right, so they're pulling like a Lord of the Rings. They're filming it. I'm assuming they're making it back to back at right. this point. So now, what is that? That automatically that that puts red flags to me. I don't know about you guys, where it's like, well, we're making two. We're making a, making one really long movie. And we're just going to cut it into two pieces. Does anyone else get that sense that that's what's happening here? You, the, you have more faith in the team maybe than I do. The only thing that I can see happening is that they have part one. They have all those other movies that are supposed to come out in between, and then part two like brings everything together or something like that. 
okay. That's kind of what That's I'm assuming is going to happen. But... Really optimistic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a lot of faith, especially with Craven the Hunter, which I don't know who wanted that movie. So <laughs> you're thinking those are going to be brought in to the plot line of yeah, the end of the movie. That's okay. the only thing I can assume is going to happen. Cool. That's cool. I'm down for that. I'd be interested. I really like uh, Miles Morales. I think Spider-Verse was one of those big... I, I, I'm still under the assumption, which we haven't really talked about too much, is I think Spider-Verse might be the best Spider-Man movie. I don't know how, how hot takeish that is, but I think that really is, to me, that encaptures the whole body and spirit of Spider-Man. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I, I'm curious to see what they do. I just I didn't know it was two parts, so again, I think I'm late to the party. Uh, John, what do you think about that? Are you excited for Spider-Verse? Did you like the first Spider-Verse? We never really talked about it that much. No, yeah, I really enjoyed the first Spider-Verse movie. Um, I think the two-part thing is also one of those things where Certain studios do it where when the Batman came out, people were saying that was too long. So they were saying, oh, you could have done that in two parts per se. But no matter what, either way, they're going to sometimes they're just trying to get more out of a movie. And sometimes they're just legitimately looking out for your best interest. But we'll see when it comes out, how if you even want a second part to it or if you don't No. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm going to want a second part to it, but. We'll see. It's like you said. I don't know what's going to happen. Spider Verse was a it, it was a movie that came out of nowhere and I think shocked everyone with how good it was. And I can't wait to see what this team can bring as far as another animated film, especially with all the shenanigans running around the Marvel universe, you know, with the multiverse and stuff like that. I can't wait to see what their what their interpretation is of it going forward. Well, yeah, I felt like with this the Spider Verse first one, even it wasn't like hugely known at first. It was kind of like almost like under the rug kind of thing, but then it got so big and so huge that there was so many people enjoying the movie, loving the movie, which was one of the main reasons that they probably made another one. Yeah, that's what's interesting, because I feel like when that trailer first dropped, everyone's like, oh, that that's kind of cool. You know, we'll see what happens. Again, it's Sony, so a lot of people don't have much faith in that studio, which I, I get. I totally understand. But it, I like what they, what they did was amazing. And again, I would argue maybe one of the best Spider-Man projects we have to date. I know, again, hot take. Don't know where people stand on that, but there's one guy's humble opinion here. But one other thing before we get into some trailer stuff is John Constantine's back. Kevin's favorite person that no never can seem to get his foothold in the DC universe or in a project. We're on what the third or fourth adaptation. I think I get the third adaptation of John Constantine. Uh, now, Adam, are you familiar with Constantine as a character? Uh, yeah, I, I, I I'm somewhat familiar. I know yeah. he's got the fire abilities and whatnot. Yeah. So what do, what do you think of this? I mean, we had Keanu Reeves attempt to do the character, which fell on its face in my opinion i did not think that was a really good interpretation i think there were some elements that kind of worked but overall just it was too early for that character mm -hmm. then we saw a really good interpretation in my opinion matt ryan who plays constantine in the cw series he had his own constantine series which it did get canceled unfortunately uh wasn't the greatest show from what i did watch i couldn't even finish it because i thought it was kind of lackluster in a lot of ways but he was really good to the point where he actually ended up showing up in like Legends of Tomorrow, uh, The Flash, Arrow. He started, showed up on all their CW shows as the John Constantine, which, again, I think he's perfect. He really even all the animated that character. Stuff. Yeah, the animated character, he lent the voice. But now cool. HBO Max is back saying, nah, we're going to try one more time and we're going to reboot the whole thing. What do you think? You think it's 
think should we just give up? You know, is it worth a third times the charm? Maybe. I, I my guess would be that they see the potential with his character, and they're like, let's let's maybe this is what you know DC needs right now. Maybe uh, this is what'll bring it back to its uh you know proper footing. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because J.J. Abrams is attached to this project, which you know, granted for what he makes in films, you know, there's 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 you know, there's all different kinds of crowds for it, but he seems like he's more angling in his uh, interview. He had actually with Collider, they're going for more of an urban action, body horror, supernatural kind of series, kind of tackling the early life of John Constantine. So maybe giving the fans who aren't familiar with the character, more of a starting point to move forward. Uh, Cause I I don't know. I, I feel like Constantine is in my opinion, I mean, what the show that they did, that second iteration of him, was he felt like the American version of Doctor Who. That's how I always envisioned like his series should have went on, where you know he goes on these adventures and he has like a companion with him. You can have like a rotating character. Again, very much a Doctor Who kind of situation, but it just it never could work. And I don't know if there was just some kind of detachment. But what do you think, Julie? Do you think maybe audiences are finally ready for John Constantine and his crazy adventures? I think we've been ready. Um, I'm kind of sad Matt Ryan is like not going to, you know, continue. I thought he was a great Constantine. He had the charm. He had the charisma um, to play that character. Um, But I think we're always interested in the occult and the supernatural. And, you know, I find his I've always found his story to be interesting since you introduced him to me. Um, So I think we've been ready. Um, And, you know, as long as it's done right, then people will enjoy it. Yeah, and it's also interesting because J.J. Abrams, he's he's doing like a whole Justice League dark kind of series where I guess he's just taking different characters. So this is like the first of many, many characters that are going to be introduced. You know, I, I don't know. I don't need a whole shared universe with John Constantine. I think he's better off, in my opinion, just doing his own thing, kind of staying away. Unless you want to mingle with like Swamp Things, Zatanna, or, you know, you don't need like a big Justice League team up with John Constantine. Just let him do his thing. And if he comes across somebody fantastic you know I don't, I don't need a whole shared universe for him but i'm interested to see john you have any thoughts on john constantine over there you like the keanu reeves nope. interpretation was your favorite oh yeah the shia labeouf I've never, <laughs> i never could get into him no it's just too much stuff just too much stuff going on for you a little, little too I mean, crazy just throw him in the new injustice game and then i'll maybe learn a little bit more about him but that's about it you know what? That's not a terrible idea. Which well, that should be coming soon, right? Speaking of injustice, for all his fans out there, it should be something because they did Mortal Kombat was their last game. Now we should be getting an injustice game. Well, Usually they have like. Well, a that was the thing schedule. too. That was the thing too. They were supposed to like. I thought I saw something where it was like supposed to be like this year or something, and then I never saw anything after that. So I was like, "All right, that's a little weird." But like nothing says anything about it. Yeah, that's so really weird. That's really interesting. But we're we're a video game podcast now. In case anyone was curious, you know, we we do talk about that a lot on this channel. You know, I'm Adam, down. Adam's ready. <laughs> See us on our other channel. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we can barely handle one at a time here. But let's get into our favorite thing, guys. We got a lot of trailers this week. I got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. But I think number one, we have to talk about. I'm gonna let Adam take this. Thor: Love and Thunder. Adam Taika Waititi's in the driver's seat once again, bringing Thor back. What do you think? What'd you think of the trailer? What is it setting up? We got a lot to talk about. What's going on here? I have watched the trailer so many times. I just, I, I can't get enough. I love watching the trailer for something. I guess it's maybe, you know, the guns and roses, just seeing Thor again. I'm just so pumped to see it. It's just, 
I like the vibe of the film. It seems a little different than the other ones, perhaps. I mean, he literally says, you know, his hands are now for peace. So we'll see how what happens there. But I mean, it is only the teaser. So right. maybe the full trailer will show us more, you know, more of a, uh, a different side to the film. But we'll see. No, I think it's fun. And I like to see Taika Waititi now will have uh, access to Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit. I don't think they're going to be in the film that much based on maybe i mean i could be wrong but it seems like i don't know if i want them in the film yeah but i am interested to see his take on the characters i wonder if they'll feel the same as james gunn or if they'll feel like more taika watiti because they do have different distinct styles of course you know as far as directors so i'm curious to see what the kind of feel is we're going to get from the you know his interpretation of those characters yeah, I mean, by the trailer, it, it looks like, you know, all they're doing is just dropping them off somewhere. That's what it and seems then, like, right? That's why I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not like too into like people were like, oh, well, well, Groot's still like a teenager. And I'm like, well, it's really not that much time has passed. I don't think since the last one, um, there's a lot of there's a fun reference in this trailer, which I, I don't know if it's intentional or not. But uh, Thor is dressed like the Terry Bogard from Fatal Fury. I saw like a lot of memes about that where he has like the red vest and he's got the trucker hat yeah, going on. Wow, that's I'm pretty like, funny. That's, that's pretty funny. I, that, that, that has to be intentional, right? That can't be a coincidence. I would I love think. for that to be intentional. That's great. I, I would die. Not going to lie to you. But now the big controversy, which again, we're going to have some hot takes, I think, going on here. Lady Thor finally makes her appearance. Uh, Natalie Portman playing, you know, Jane Foster's version of Thor. I'm going to say, I see the internet being really trolly about it, where they're like, oh, no, woman Thor's taking over, going, oh, to destroy the Marvel Universe. Am I the only one that doesn't feel that way whatsoever? I'm actually completely okay with this character. If anything, I'm kind of excited to see another version of Thor, because the main thing about Thor, at least for me, at least the movie's interpretation, she's in the comics, too, so it's not like it's completely out of left field, but... Whoever holds this power is worthy of the power of Thor, right? That's whoever holds Mjolnir. I can't say the name of it. The hammer, you know? Adam's like, yeah, Mjolnir, right? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Sound it out. Mjolnir. Got sound it out. Well, you can't sound that out if you look at it. (laughs) No. 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 Hey, it is what it is. All right. But again... Whoever holds this hammer shall be worthy of the power of Thor. So obviously at some point she becomes worthy of the power and she has the hammer. What do you guys Steve think? Do you think this is like a big controversial thing that everyone's making it out to be? Or is it just something fun? I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it. What do you guys think? It's fun. It's comic book lore. So it's not like you said, it's not like it's a surprise. It's happened. You know, I think it's out of the blue. I mean, we'll say she hasn't been in a Thor movie or in any movie in a long time. That's the only thing that I not have issue with, but I'm like, Oh, we haven't seen Jane in a long time. And then she's here, but who knows? Maybe is it a Jane of this world? The multiverse is here. It's happening. We don't know where she's from. There's a lot of discussion for that. And one of the big things I've noticed too, like people are okay with like frog Thor, but they're not okay with like lady Thor, you know, lady frog Thor was in friggin' Loki and I didn't see anyone freaking out about that. It's not a big deal. It's like, you know, I think people are just really getting, Get the guy, get the stick out of their ass. I don't know how else to say it. It's just like, let's just see what it does. I mean, Adam, you know, Taika Waititi is an amazing director. I'm sure he's got some kind of vision for this, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I was excited to see her. I was like, all right, sweet. If anything, I'm more excited to see what, um, 
Thor is going to react, how he's going to react to, uh, you know, her being there. Yeah, I, I just know, it just seems like it'll it's going to set up a very good character dynamic again. Yeah, my fear is, and I don't know how you guys feel about this too, is that I think after Taika Waititi made Ragnarok, which I think Ragnarok is one of the best Marvel movies. Ironically, I think Thor, out of all the heroes, had one of the worst showings in his debut. Even though my boy Kenneth Branagh, we just talking, pra- I was praising him. He didn't do such a hot job with the first Thor. You know, that's kind of a mess that movie. Thor two, we don't don't talk about you know the dark world is that's a hell of a movie that no one should ever reference ragnarok really brought thor to the front and center but then i feel like endgame infinity i feel like they kind of like took the bite out of him a little bit does anyone else feel that way i feel like we had such a fun direction with the character and i feel like they tried to squeeze him back into like more of that marvel cinematic mold you know i think Ragnarok was so different and expressive that when they put him back in the universe in like a normal setting, it didn't fit quite right. Did anyone else get that kind of vibe from the character? Yeah, it seems like they kind of, uh, you know, brought him down a few pegs because he was, you know, it, it was just so much more animated in Ragnarok and it had so much more you know, emotion Over and whatnot. Over the top and, and fun that. and engaging. Well, yeah. bizarre, like... I- I love the big Lebowski <laughs> reference, but then they made him like fat and like, then he was like the butt of the joke, like, oh, fat Thor. You know what I mean? It was just like, I don't know. Yeah, he just feels like a different character at some point. It didn't feel like the same character like I was in, I had in Ragnarok, which all this fun and like sci-fi escapist adventure that was like kind of introduced to us there. I felt like a lot of it was taken out, but it's weird because I feel like I feel like they're almost like addressing it a little bit with this trailer, where it's like, all right, well that that's over with, so now I'm going back on another adventure to find myself and find my true character. Uh, John, what do you think? What do you think about this? Are you excited for the new Thor? Or? The new Thor looks amazing. I hope that they have Lady Thor in this for a half hour just to piss off everybody. <laughs> I like enjoy when these people get so mad over the stupidest little things in life. It's really that upsetting. ruins their whole days. Yeah, it's, it's really great. upsetting. It's just annoying it's... at this point. Like, let's just see what happens. Like, let's just have a good time. I, you know, I, I don't know why we have to be so down on these films. You know, I know other people have other agendas and whatnot, but. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think Thor: Love and Thunder it might again be one another one of my favorite entries in the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe. Whether or not it ties into everything that's going on, you know, is another story. But I'm really excited for it. And I know I think everyone here is too. So that's something for us to look forward to. Uh, also, we had another uh, Disney entry here. Uh, Lightyear got finally its full like expansive trailer. Now, John, being our you know resident animated lover over there. What did you think of the Lightyear trailer? Were you finally impressed by this project? Or I mean, I've been on the cusp of like not wanting this to happen. I'm kind of like over the whole, not even like the Toy Story thing, but I, I don't know if it was a good idea necessarily. What do you think about this based on the trailer that we finally got? Based off the trailer, I still don't know if I want to see it. But it made me think back to like after we watched Toy Story in the beginning stages, would I have wanted a a Buzz Lightyear movie like this, I don't think I would have either. Hmm. I just don't think that the, I don't think that they need to do a, a movie on Buzz Lightyear. I don't think it needs it to be done, but I don't think that this movie is going to hit the numbers that they want either. So you think it's not necessary, essentially, is what you're saying? No, I think it's a weird. It's almost like a weird take on a space character that 
nobody really cares about anymore. Right. So Lightyear is essentially based on the trailer that we're given. Uh, Buzz is on a mission and then he gets sent into space. Uh, something happens where he enters like a, a rift or something like that in time. And he comes back to the planet and it's like 60 some odd years later and everything's changed. This planet's been invaded by aliens and he sees the ancestors of all the people he used to know, you know, the typical time travel stuff we're used to seeing uh, like planet of the apes kind of style, you know, storytelling enter that time rift. You know, it's interesting because I heard the concept. I finally got more information about this movie, right? I finally got to see the plot. So the plot kind of interesting, you know, a little, a little generic for, you know, sci-fi movie. But the one thing that really interesting is what they're not saying is what I saw in an interview with one of the creators on this film is that this movie is set in the Toy Story universe. Uh, this movie is actually the movie that Andy would have seen that made him fall in love with Buzz Lightyear, the character, in order for him to get the toy in the first place. This would have been like their Star Wars, if you will, for the Lightyear franchise. And I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people are going to know that unless you're specifically told that, unless they're going to do something in the beginning of the movie and have like, you know, him sitting down to watch it. And then the movie starts or something, which I feel like would take away from the project. So I don't know if I would do that necessarily. Um, what do in you a think? Galaxy far, far away. Right, right. We now, what... have Buzz Lightyear's <laughs> adventures. Exactly. So what do you think, Adam? What do you think of Lightyear? Are you more interested in this? I, I think it's the least interesting of the Pixar projects to come out, in my opinion, but. What do I know? Yeah, it's some uh, it's some very weird world building. Yeah, uh, that I didn't know I needed to happen. Um, do you want it to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, it's I'm interested. Had this movie come out, you know, a little bit ago, maybe I would have been more interested. But yeah. now it's like I don't know because it's the Toy Story again. It's you know something related to Toy Story. Do I need to see more of it? I don't know yet. Probably not. Yeah, I'm I'm more on the fence with you with that. Now, Julie, we we talked about this a little bit too. Uh, what do you what do you think about it? Um, I'm more intrigued now than I was. Like every other trailer we've seen for this doesn't really tell you anything about the movie. Um, and I love the idea that like this is his like childhood fascinating. Like this is the movie that started the obsession. Because um, I feel like we all have that movie, you know, that sparked you know your interest. Um, the main thing that makes me super excited for this movie, because I did not know he was in it, is Taika Waititi. <laughs> We're I'm like, is that Taika Waititi? Oh my gosh, I'm seeing this movie. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know how good the movie's going to be, but the fact that Taika's in it, you're definitely going to get some solid laughs for sure. And he brought the laughs in that, you know, little bit of time we had him in the trailer. I was laughing. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too. We talked about this. This is like one of the first Pixar movies that's coming straight to theaters. Now, do you think they're only doing this because they think it's a short, a short bet? Yeah, for sure. Which, which I think that's kind of disheartening, in my opinion. I mean, that, that sours the taste of the movie a little bit for me because it's like all these other projects, which I thought were excellent from Pixar, had all streaming service debuts. But now, like, oh, it's Lightyear. It's the Toy Story name. It has to go exclusively to theaters. Mm-hmm. That kind of sucks. I don't know how you guys feel about that. That kind of sucks. Because they, they know that they're, like, getting a guaranteed payout for sure because of that brand association. I know. I just wish there was more. What do you think, Adam? Is that kind of disheartening a little bit? Yeah, it's upsetting because obviously, you know, it goes to show you how they're treating not their... Like, well, you know, Pixar is their own, you know, animation studio. But like, I mean, look what they did with Blue Sky. It's like they're just 
<laughs> nah, it's not ours. It's not ours. Let's just get rid of it, you know? Yeah, the power of Disney, man. They're just, like, yeah. flinging their crap around there. Seriously. Yeah, right. It's, just, it's really upset. I, I don't know. I mean, Lightyear, it could be fine. It probably will be. It'd probably be good. I mean, Pixar, for the most part, they usually don't make a bad movie unless you're looking at maybe Good Dinosaur directly in the eye. You know, that's not very good. But it might be good. I think Lightyear... What? Go ahead, Julie. I know you got something. To say. I was gonna say I'm. I'm glad that we're getting like this story as opposed to like what a Toy Story five. Um. So I'm glad that we're yeah. getting. You know, if we're gonna go back into the Toy Story universe, I'm glad that we're not getting like a direct sequel again, kind of thing. You know. Yeah, I'm just I'm overdone with Toy Story. I mean, I know the younger audiences probably still love it, and they do love it for sure. Like kids still love Toy Story. It's still just as popular as it was when it came out. I just think it's time to move on and create something new, you know, but again, that's just Hollywood and Disney in general for you. That's just the way the machine keeps ticking. Last but not least, the one big franchise that had its announcement, Stranger Things season four is returning. We finally got the big trailer, the big celebration. What do you guys think? Are we excited for Stranger Things? Um, I've kind of fallen off since I'm still under the, you know, I only like season one. I think season one was the best part of stranger things two and three were mediocre adam what do you think what are your thoughts on the return of stranger things i've never seen it <laughs> what i thought you have see this is you learned no. something new no i've never seen any of it all right actually. all right so this is good so this is good no that's all right this is good so adam do you want to watch stranger things do you have any interest in watching stranger things now I don't know. Out of everything, I'd probably agree with you. Like the first season was probably the most interesting to me. Yeah. But after I saw, I don't know, maybe season two I'd go into as well. But then I was like, they're coming out with a third one. Now I'm like coming out with a fourth one. Well, you know what that means now? That means Adam and me and Adam got to review Stranger Things. Got to have a blind review versus the guy who's seen it all. That's what's got to happen now. Okay. I'm, I'm down with that. I guess we got to do it now officially. You got to marathon it. All right, Adam. So going, so you don't have too much to really add to it. Uh, I mean, no. the trailer is exciting. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's no, that's all right. Right? It looks I all thought right. it was cool. <laughs> hey, that that's fair. That's a fair observation. Now, did it? Does do you think does it interest you that it's ending as something you might want to watch? Because I think there's one more season after this. I think there's going to be five seasons total. Now, is maybe is that maybe getting you a little more interested in the series, or you're still just eh? no, no. There you go. <laughs> no. Hey, I don't know why. Works. I just have no interest in it for whatever reason. Hey, that's okay. That's what happens. I I, I can't say I'm always interested in everything either. So good I mean, see. maybe maybe if I start watching it, I'll get into it. But I as think, of right now, I'm not really gung ho. I, I know. I think we got our new series announced right there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Um, all right, John, you watch Stranger Things. Yes, I thought everybody in the world watched Stranger Things. I guess it is. It's one of those awkward assumptions. See, you shouldn't always assume that everyone watches everything. That's good to know, right? Uh, what do you yeah. think, though? As someone who's sat through it, what do you think about the new season? Do you think it's going to be pretty good? or how? What are your feelings on Stranger Things? Do you think it dropped off after season one? or? I actually think it dropped off after season... At season three. I oh, thought yeah. the first two, were, first two were good. Okay. Um... I'm excited to see the new one. It looks good. Like everything I've seen so far seems like it's going to be go into an interesting direction, but I'm not like, I wasn't crazy excited for it per se. Now I didn't necessarily need this new one, but I think it's a good franchise though. I like it. I enjoy it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of hype train behind Stranger Things, which I don't know. That that can deter me too sometimes. So I, I see how Adam can feel like it's like one of those things like it's so over the top like hype and love for a series that I kind of don't get interest in it because of that. I don't know if that's maybe some of the feelings that you have there even. Yeah, that 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 pretty much hits it right on the head there. Uh, I'm the same thing with like I've never seen Game of Thrones. Okay. Never watched Breaking Bad. Oh, Julie's like jaws on the floor right now. This isn't good. Game yeah. of Thrones. I can forgive that one. You should be you should be watching Breaking Bad though. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, Breaking Bad you gotta watch. No, I, it, it was like one of the uh, the Walking Dead is another one at the time when it was. You I know, guess still... you skip that. Skip that. Uh, well, yeah, that well still <laughs> at the time when it was like at its hype I, and people were like you gotta watch Walking Dead. I'm like, I'm never gonna watch that. I'm never gonna watch that. <laughs> Well, we got a whole series of Adam just going, I'm never going to watch that, and then having him watch it. I think that that's going to be our new thing. We really we, we need that in our lives. But, uh, Julie, what do you think? I know you're probably the bigger Stranger Things fans out of everyone here, obviously. So what do you, what do you, are you excited I am. for? It? I'm very excited for it. Um, but, you know, it's an emotional ro- roller coaster. The last two seasons had their ups and downs for sure. But I definitely always end up coming out more on the positive end of things than most people uh specifically you um but i'm very excited for this it's been a a very long time um this just seems like pure insanity i have no clue where they're going because they're leaving hawkins but i'm sure they'll probably come back uh but i'm excited to see these characters again they're getting old um so that's kind of jarring but i'm really excited to go back into this world this is another one where they're kind of splitting things up this season's in two different parts the first season come the first part comes out next month and then the next part comes out in July. So I'm curious to see how that affects the story. <clears throat> no, um, I agree. I think that's interesting too. I, I hate that. I really don't like Netflix when they do that. So, which actually goes right into what we really need to talk about this episode, which I've been kind of holding off to the end because it's a pretty big discussion. Netflix. Oh man. Is it, it's a mess right now what's going on with netflix so we recently got a revelation about their stockholder information uh it came out that netflix uh isn't doing so hot uh their i believe their stock fell 35 percent uh their revenue is at an all-time down i don't know guys there's a lot going on with netflix right now they announced that they're going to be cracking down on password sharing so sorry john i can't give you my netflix password anymore not that you had it anyway, but maybe you do. I don't know. I don't even know who has my Netflix password. That's where it gets dangerous when you start giving it out to so many people. Uh, it's that there's going to be ads in Netflix now. We had such an ad-free experience. Now we're going to start seeing ads. Uh, they're cutting their animation division pretty much completely, focusing on like singular projects. What's going on here? What I want to do is let's go around. I want to talk about... Why is this happening? What 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 happened to Netflix suddenly where this like big catastrophe happened? Adam, start speculating, my friend. What's going on? Where where did Netflix fail? What's what's what, why did this happen? I I think it's uh competition at this point is because, you know, they've got Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and Hulu and whatever other kind of, you know, subscription services that they have and they're just I guess suffering from it because they're like, wow, you know, for example, Paramount Plus is, you know, way more entertaining to me than uh, Netflix. You know, I'm just going to get rid of Netflix. So, you know, yeah, unsubscribe from Netflix. I'm sure that especially right. because a lot of the movies that, you know, or shows that Netflix had the rights to have on their streaming service, you know, they've all disappeared. 
Exactly. No. And what yeah. do you think of their course correction? Now, in my opinion, I know we discussed this briefly was, do you think this is a good course correction? I feel like adding ads and taking away your animation division isn't necessary and cracking down on password sharing really isn't the, the best course correction to get people back. No, I, I don't think so. I think it's the complete opposite. Like, especially with the animation, like that is something that's, you know, so unique and it can be so unique and, you know, give people another reason to subscribe to you know your service and I, I don't think that they're going in the right direction right and me and john actually talked about it though the, the past christmas was klaus i remember we, me and you talking mm -hmm. about that john and that was a fantastic animated movie uh, that was on par with anything that came out in theaters that year in my opinion if not even better and we're not going to get that anymore and from based on the statements that I saw online that were being made by Netflix is that their model seems to be focusing on franchises like Boss Baby as like the model of like, oh, these are the kind of animated things we need to be doing and having shows and spinoffs. And that's not what we want. That's not what your audience is looking for. I mean, maybe there is a small sector of the casual audience, you know, who just throws on the TV for their kids and that's what they're looking for for animation. That's not what I'm looking for, though. You know, I guess, again, I'm not maybe that percent that they're going after, but I think a, a wider majority isn't looking for that. Um, what would you think could fix this, Adam? What would you do if you had maybe, would you keep, would you add, do you think the ads is something that we can get over? Or what, what do you think? What, what, what's a good course direction for Netflix? I don't know, because when I subscribe to somewhere, I, my you know, reason, reasoning is to get rid of ads. I don't want to see commercials on that stuff. Like, I'm paying you for your service, so I shouldn't have to. You know, right. that's the, every other subscription service does that, where, you know, I, because I'm paying for that subscription service, I don't have to, you know, get give them rat, uh, ad revenue. That's what right. No, ad you're, revenue. no, you're right, because I have it with Hulu. We have the lower-grade uh, Hulu package where we have the ads, and it's right. annoying. It really Absolutely. is. And now it's... What what are we, are we, you know, the big discussion I've always seen people talk about is what's the difference between streaming and cable? It's becoming, uh, closing in slowly on one another where, you know, oh, well, streaming, we didn't have ads. We didn't have all this sponsor stuff going on. I feel like now we're getting even closer to what cable is. Like, we're just going to be right back where we were, I think, ultimately, at the end of the day. Yeah, right. I'm going to get my own, like, uh, streaming box. Yo, my streaming box. Look, I have all these I have all these streaming services on my streaming box. I can go through my remote and just casually browse through all of them. Look, they even have live shows on there that I can watch. Yeah, I just I just press this uh button here and I can just change my channel. Yeah, and they have and like a guide about certain times or certain things on. It's amazing. Wow, <gasps> look how far we've come, guys. We never had this before. It's 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 sad. It's a sad state of affairs and I don't think Netflix is doing the right thing. In my opinion, I do not think this is the right direction to go. Uh, yeah, no, John, I agree. John, what do you think, man? Are you upset about them adding ads to your service now, or would you pay more to not have ads? I think that's going to be the ultimate thing that they're looking for. Is them like, well, you know, for ten dollars you can have no, ad you can have ads, but for twenty dollars you can have no ads. Is that something you're going to be willing to pull the trigger on? I was going to say, I think I pay fucking twenty dollars a month anyway for Netflix as it is. Yeah, I do. Too, fucking yeah. ridiculous as. But, like, when you think about it, too, like, yeah, I don't want ads, first of all. Hence why I'm streaming things. I want to watch it with no interruptions, and I don't want your shitty-ass crap that you want to try to sell me on your brand. Because then you're going to have Netflix ads on there that are going to try to sell you more shit on, on Netflix. Like, oh, now you can pay seven more dollars if you want to get new Netflix movies and stuff. 
But like, also, there are going to be thousand streaming services that are going to keep coming out with things where eventually you're going to start seeing where certain like like Disney has their own stuff where they have their own company and they have their own movies that they're pretty much keeping to. And I feel like a lot of these studios are going to just start having their own stuff anyway. So like Netflix is going to start having to make sure that they make their own stuff just so they can keep their backlog so they can keep people coming to their stuff to keep it new and fresh. Where right now it's kind of like they have a whole bunch of older movies that they bring in to make it seem like they have so many different things. And they're just like, oh. Like how you can also see certain things where it's like, this thing's ending on like April 30th or something. You can't watch it after that anymore. And people get so mad. They're like, well, I didn't get to finish my show on... It's ending soon. How am I going to be able to do it? Well... You just buy it like a normal person would do and shut the hell up. <laughs> I can't get even over your damn right self. Now. This is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I don't go to Netflix for non Netflix original content. If that makes sense. Uh, there's very few things on Netflix that I watch that is not original. I would say for the most part, uh, anything else I either own or, you know, we, we find another way to watch it, you know, setting the high sales and this, you know, I mean, that might have to be a little more, a little more common now because of the practices that are going on. But, you know, I look to Netflix for their original content. That's what, that's what makes me subscribe to it. Uh, I personally don't use the movie portion of it, but the other stuff is what I'm more interested in. So I do like to support when I see something good, I do want to support it and, you know, again, pay it forward to a service that I'm actually interested in. Uh, Julie, what do you think? Now, do you, what, now, we watch a lot of stuff on Netflix, obviously. Me and you, we, we go through. A lot of the charm, in my opinion, is like just being able to browse, right? Like, I think not even so much like, you know, if I've seen it or not. I just like the idea of browsing through like a bunch of things and finding something I haven't seen before, you know, which you can say like pirating, obviously, you can do that too. But I think there's something more ease of access to it being on Netflix. Uh, do you think people are just not interested in that anymore? Do you think the pandemic is another thing? The pandemic kind of, you know, circumventing, you think a lot of subscribers are just like, oh, I'm over it now. You know, I don't really need this service like I had it before. You think that has no factor in this whatsoever? Well, I think it all comes back to, like Adam said, competition. Um, for a while, like Netflix was the streaming service um, and it had no competition. Then now you're having Hulu and Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and Apple TV. Um, and at the end of the day, to be able to watch, you know, all of this television, you're going to have to be subscribing to every single streaming service. Um, so you have to make sure that your original content is worthy enough to pull people in. Um, and it's tough. Um, you know, they have their couple go-to ones where, you know, Stranger Things and you have that fan of that group of people that's going to continue to subscribe because they want to continue to watch that. Um, the originals have been kind of all over the place lately. Um, uh, it's hard to say. Um, and then the ads, yeah, like you're going to end up paying a premium to avoid them. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to stick around with Netflix. I'm one of those people where I don't want to miss out on like the ne next big thing. I don't think the pandemic necessarily casual like, over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty basic. I'm pretty basic, yeah. FOMO, I don't want to miss out on the next big, like, binge. Um, I don't know. I don't, the other th go ahead, John. Go ahead before I go in. Go ahead. 
No, the other thing I was just wondering too, like to get you guys' opinion, what is do you think is a reasonable price though to pay for these subscription Netflix services? Netflix is too high. Netflix is too high. I would say like 10 Netflix bucks. is like twenty yeah. bucks, right? I yeah. want to say I think it's twenty bucks for four mm-hmm. for four K. Which I don't even know if it really matters over streaming. There's a whole other argument to be made there. <laughs> I don't think it actually matters with the Ultra HD. But I think for like, was it four accounts or four simultaneous accounts? It's twenty dollars a month or something like that. Yeah, I mean uh, that's what I I pay twenty bucks or yeah. something. Whatever. Can you pay less money to have le- less than four accounts? There might be a smaller I tier. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, or I think it's like the I think the basic minimum one that I've seen. I think last time I checked. Was like fourteen dollars where you could have two accounts, but they can't be going together. Like you can't watch the same shit. Like you can't be like both on. Someone's got to get kicked out of their Netflix. Yeah, they're watching. Yeah, so so you're like, hey, I want to watch this, but oh, I can't watch this right now. You have to wait. Which is is funny you say that because that used to happen when we had Netflix because we had the smaller account, and I remember like I'd be trying to go watch my Netflix and I couldn't get in because there were too many other people using my. And we have to like kick someone off. Like oh, we send a text message in our group chat with all Julie's family and be like oh, whoever's on the Netflix, can you please get off so I can get on and actually use the Netflix I pay for? You know, just kind of throwing. Well, that's the thing that's going to be interesting now with like you know the password sharing because for us like our we have huge families between you know me and kevin's family we're like his mom pays for one streaming service we pay for netflix my family has apple tv and hbo max and we all kind of password share you know so like you have to if it was just on us would we have access to all this streaming stuff no you know, it, it becomes too much. Um, and it was even like my dad and I were joking. He's like, oh, I got Apple Plus. It's only like five bucks a month. But when you look at Apple TV versus like Netflix, the amount of content between those two platforms, Apple TV really doesn't have much yet. So I'm curious to see as they begin to accumulate properties and, you know, they're, you know, amass their catalog, if their price is going to go up. Content, content, content. Content is always the thing that's going to sell your platform. I don't care what if you're Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever the case is, unless you have that content, there's no reason for me to subscribe to you. I mean, Apple, Apple TV, I'm wearing my Ted Lasso shirt. That's the only reason why I even care about Apple TV and Apple Plus and all that. That's the only reason. If it wasn't for that show, I wouldn't even be looking at that streaming service, to be honest with you. Uh, Netflix, I always thought had one of the more interesting ideas, I think, with Netflix is they like to license out things i don't know if anyone else has noticed that where like especially with like their anime division they're not necessarily developing that anime they're securing the rights to it and putting it on their streaming service i've seen them do it with that Uh, a lot of uk based uh tv shows movies stuff like that uh even like the weird independent horror movies and stuff whatever they grab they'll say it's a netflix original quote unquote but it actually isn't it's just something that they they picked up the extreme you know exclusive streaming rights to which i think is the right direction to go but at the same time you know if it's something so unheard of and outlandish you know you can't for every squid games you get right for every series of like squid games you're gonna get like a hundred failures in between that of things that like no one cares about which you know that that's i feel like the balance that they're not finding netflix likes to dump all this money into these other projects but i wonder if they're not seeing the return that they thought uh, Stranger Things is actually a good example. It's going to end up being one of the most expensive TV shows produced, uh, running around $30 million an episode. That's a lot of money. You know, I, I know Netflix brings in a lot of revenue, but that, that's a lot of money to dump into a TV show. 
Uh, will it be worth it? You know, time will tell. We can just hope Netflix kind of does something to course correct because right now, you know, they have a lot of competition, like we said, the Hulus of the world, uh, the Apple Plus, I think it is, you know, as much as I just knocked it a little bit, it is starting to come up a little bit. Uh, Adam brought up Paramount Plus has some really good movie options. Uh, I personally found HBO Max maybe be the most, like, engaging one. Like, we just got the Batman streaming on there. That That's great. That's a great value for me. Like, for, for me personally, to not go to the movies... Even even if it's not coming like right to the streaming app, it's coming out like a month or two later. That's that's fine, you know that that's more than acceptable in my opinion. But before we wrap up, I you know let's let's give Netflix their due. They have brought us some really great things. There's some some really great shows, movies that have come up. What I want each of us to do is give me one thing that would make you come back to Netflix, like one show that you really liked on Netflix or a movie. Uh, John, let's start with you. What's one thing on Netflix you would recommend to someone who just picked up the app, not sure what to watch? What would you recommend to them to, to watch right away? The Witcher. The Witcher. I love The Witcher. All right. Witcher is really awesome. Now, what what do you think is really great about The Witcher? You think the well, – why, why do you recommend The Witcher? I think the whole storytelling in The Witcher and, like, just the action adventure throughout it, I feel like they always keep you kind of, like, into the story and also extra action and just the fighting things are cool. It's like also like the monsters are kind of like that come out sometimes are awesome looking. No, I, I like the Witcher a lot. I fortunately I have not watched season two. I know very bad. Uh, Adam, I know you're a huge Witcher fan, especially uh, the video game wise, Mr. Platinum Trophy over there. Uh, I actually haven't seen season two either. So, okay, so we're, we're all on the same page. Okay. Is there a reason why you didn't watch it? Or are you just like me? You're just like, I just haven't gotten around to it. I feel like, yeah, that's more I guess what it is. I heard it was not as good as season one. So I don't want it to take away from that first season. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, Cause season one was in my opinion, it wasn't, that, it's not bad. I don't want to say that it's, it was kind of a mess storytelling wise. I thought so for to hear that it's not as good as season one, that leaves a little, little to be desired there i thought there was a lot of improvement to be made yeah no i agree it's uh i'll do it eventually just because you know i want to i love the witcher universe so it's really cool so hopefully hopefully season three because i think it got greenlit for season uh three as well uh hopefully that will bring it back yeah i think so i think you know it's exciting to see what happens with the witcher i you know henry cavill that's his role man you know talk about a dream role that somebody really wanted he wanted to be Geralt and he sure as hell pulled off a good Geralt. I got to say that. Uh, yeah, it's maybe... amazing how, how he's just able to be like, yeah, I want to play this character. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess just the fact that he genuinely wants to, it's not one of those mm-hmm. like phony Hollywood things where it's like, oh, I've always wanted to play this. No, he legitimately wanted to be Geralt and he's, he's all bored. So, Hey, that adds to it. That makes it even that more interesting. How about you, Adam? What do you recommend to, to someone on Netflix that they should be checking out? Uh, the Umbrella Academy. Oh, one of my personal favorites. Almost stealing it, swiping it from under me. Uh, what's so great about it? Why are you recommending it? It's just such an entertaining show. It's got something for everybody in there. It's it's it hits all the you know right right beats, and there's such a unique cast, and you know it's it's such a unique story that it's just very um. What's the word I'm looking for? enveloping i guess it's it's very uh i i can it just you immerse yourself into this universe that they've created so so well because of how the storytelling is just so good 
Right. And season one and two, I feel like are drastic. They're not drastically different, but they're different enough to where it keeps getting more increasingly interesting. And with season three on the rise, too, I think there's really something to be looking forward to. Uh, After that, I don't know, because I think that's where they're running out of source material. Not that they're Mm -hmm. strictly that close to it anyway. If anything, I would make another argument to where I think the show is actually better than the comic in a lot of ways, because the comic has some things where I'm like, eh, that's, that's, that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, can only, you know, write so much and make it interesting. And this, this, this one guy's <laughs> The opinion. show did a much better job of developing all the characters, for Yeah, sure. the, the comic is very one-dimensional with everyone's performance, which usually you don't see. You would think in, like, a written format you'd have more developed characters. No, the show actually does it ten times better to where I'm significantly more invested in all the actors, and the performances alone are excellent. Uh, number five, that kid, he's an excellent child actor to even like young teen actor, which they kind of do have to describe at some point him aging because he's getting obviously older. Right. So that, that's going to be kind of weird. But hey, whatever. The Umbrella Academy is kind of weird in general. So it kind of works out with, you know, what they're going for there. And season three is coming very soon, I think, June. Yes, yeah, it is. June, so that's super exciting. Yeah. yeah. John, you watched Umbrella Academy, right? Didn't you check that out? Yeah, I've seen it. I, th- I thought it was a good show. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. It was one of those ones that I, when I started, like I didn't ever hear about the comics or anything about that. Right. But then, like, I started watching it and it was really good. Yeah. I enjoy no. it. Yeah, that might be something we have to talk about on the channel. Let us know in the comments below if you'd like to see uh, maybe that, maybe a little. Um, uh, you know, we got. I want to do some new series on the channel, so I definitely want people's recommendations. What do you guys want us to look at? Is there like shows you want us to catch up on seasons? Adam has to watch Stranger Things, obviously, because you know he has no idea what's going on. This this might be the one. I think we need it. Uh, th- those are the things I'm kind of looking for as far as content contributions for the channel. Uh, but Julie. What do you recommend? We watch a lot of stuff on Netflix, just random things at times. Uh, what do you recommend to people? Um, I'm going to recommend the Santa Clarita diet. I think I mentioned it on the show before, um, but that's one of my favorite Netflix shows, one of my favorite comedy shows um, that I've watched. And Netflix did it pretty dirty. They canceled it. So so tell me, what is the Santa Clarita diet for those who don't know? Because that's not really <laughs> an obvious, uh, the, the title alone is not going to tell you anything. Yeah, it has uh, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. And uh, Drew Barrymore, I forget what triggers it, but she dies and becomes a zombie. Um, but like fully cognizant, aware of her surroundings. And, um, you know, they, her and her husband have to figure out ways to satisfy her cravings. Um, and it's just really hysterical. Um, there's that one he's not a kid actor he's an adult but i feel like he always plays like the awkward kid and shows he's like their neighbor and he knows all about zombie lore and has to help them like you know be normal it's a weird show right the concept is incredibly different you know especially especially with the the height and popularity of zombies at the time when it came out it's not your typical like walking dead adam so maybe this might be something you'd be a little more interested in it's so funny (laughs) it's so funny like I always go back. I think it's like the first episode, like they do her first kill and they're trying to dispose of the body and they have it in like a storage container, but they forgot the lid and they're arguing how they don't have the lid for the container and they're trying to bury the body and they're slipping in the blood. It's just hysterical. And it's like, like a relatable, like zo- it's like a relatable comedy with zombies in it, I guess. Like they are like, they feel like Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore really give, like, funny performances, especially Timothy Oliphant really is a stand. I, I always love like, him anyway. Yeah. Like the nervous husband and they're, I think the real estate agents that so they have like that public image that they have to, you know, put out there. And 
it's just such a zany comedy um and it's just so much fun um very sad that it didn't get to finish up uh, but you never know you never know i'm still holding out hope that you know we'll get one more season or a little movie to wrap things up it'd be nice it'd be nice to get a finale to that so one can only hope in the future you know maybe maybe not now with netflix doing all these weird budget cuts we, we might be see the end of it if it's not bringing people in. yeah i'm starting the, the hope is starting to wane a little bit but yeah my big one that i have to recommend and it's something i recommend to everyone the haunting of hill house every single time i'm sorry like mike flanagan as brilliant as a director is i think he really nailed that content i was looking for as far as like quality you know it's everything i want especially with with horror which i feel like is such a popular genre uh haunting of hill house uh bly manor which is it's still good not the best but i still think bly manor is well done and me and adam talked about midnight mass which i absolutely fell in love uh, Mike Flanagan's doing, you know, cinematic changing work over on Netflix. And those are the kind of projects I'm looking for. Not necessarily horror, but things that are elevating their genre or giving us something that we don't typically get, um, especially in a longer format. I think Netflix's movies are, there's there's definitely a decent amount of movies on Netflix. But whenever I think of Netflix, I automatically gravitate towards their limited series or shows. And I think this is something like, if I'm going to tell you to go watch it, I'm t- Hill House is what you got to go watch. It's got the perfect balance of horror uh, mystery creep factor uh, you know none of the sequels have necessarily captured that i think midnight mass came close closer than bly manor did uh, midnight mass has one hell of a twist if you haven't checked it out also check out our review fantastic show um, but haunting of hill house i remember when that came out that was like a mm-hmm. binge the day it came out i remember me and julie and yeah. my brothers actually watched it it was, it was really we were like it was ones. a texting chain yeah it was a big it. thing and I have to say, with all of his projects, even Bly Manor, it was, it's the weakest of those three. Like, they're just all kids. Like, they really leave you thinking. And I remember with each one of those shows, I was, like, wanting to find somebody new to talk to about it. Like, did you watch it? If you didn't watch it, you need to go watch it. Like, there's just so much conversation you can have with them. They're so deep. I was actually thinking about Midnight Mass the other day. Just some of the visuals that really stick with you. Some of those storylines. It's just... He's a phenomenal storyteller. Um, I know he's working on a, was it the Telltale Heart? Yes. It's like an Edgar yes. Allan Poe adaptation. I think it's on Netflix. I'm assuming it's going to be on Netflix, considering their relationship. Mark Hamill's going to be in it. So again, like I always look forward to any kind of project that he's going to be attached to. No, it's someone I very rarely, I feel like there's a lot of, there's very few directors I have just absolute confidence in, but if you tell me Mike Flanagan's putting out something, you sure as hell know I'm going to watch it, like for sure. Like, and it's usually pretty good. You know, I haven't really been disappointed yet, but we'll see what goes on. Netflix, I think they have a lot of work to do. You know, I don't know if they're going in the right direction, but you know, but just the stuff we've recommended, there's obviously stuff on there. There's a lot more stuff to recommend even beyond that, but you know, Netflix, they have the content. They just have to keep putting out the content and, you know, keep the fan base happy. You know, I don't think the direction they're going in is necessarily the right one, but maybe time will tell. Maybe if they can add the ad support, if we look at it from maybe devil's advocate standpoint, you add the ads, maybe they can bring in some more revenue to give us even more content. Not that that's necessarily the case. I think it's more of a shareholders uh, kind of thing where they got to make them happy before they do anything else. But again, time will tell. Uh, if, again, if you guys have any recommendations in the comments, let us know down below your shows that you're watching, uh, things maybe we should cover on the channel. Maybe that's something you guys would like to see. Maybe each week we should give you some streaming service recommendations or something like that. Uh, 
you know, we're always looking for ideas. You know, the show must go on, as they say. But I do want to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of Real Guys Live. It's been awesome having you here. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave your comments down in the comments below. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. Bye. Bye. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.